It's time to start living the life you aspire to have. This is the 1% Effect Show, where you'll learn how to ramp up your health, mind, and body, giving you the best chance to live a life with purpose and insane progress. The 1% Effect focuses on the strategy of improving by just 1% every day. This podcast will provide you with simple, actionable steps to become 1% stronger, smarter, and wiser with each episode. If you like what you hear, make sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, or pass it along to someone you think could benefit. and welcome back. I have Kenny on with me today. Kenny is another person that we actually connected in our business coaching mastermind and we are gonna just dig in a little bit into his life and kind of the path that he took but before we get into it just a little background about Kenny. He has been in the fitness industry for the last 10 years and he has a master's with honors with the resistance training specialist program and graduated in with the muscle activation technique specialist program. He is not married, but has a girlfriend and has for the last six years, no kids. And right now he is working mostly online in his own program that he developed, focusing in on developing muscle without the injuries, aches and pains. And he is here with us today just to dig in a little bit about his background, kind of how he got started, what made him choose this path, and then maybe a few bumps in the road that he had to overcome. Because I feel like a lot of times we struggle with different things, but we don't always love to talk about them. And Kenny, if you don't know, like one of the big foundations I love to talk about are just finding those one piece, that one piece or, or two pieces of advice that you probably heard or learned in really growing into that 1% of being better, right? To getting you to where you are now. So like, let's go back to kind of how you grew up. Like, were you around people that were driven? Were you always into fitness? Like, how did you kind of get into that path? Yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, so first things first, I just want to thank you for having me on the podcast. Pleasure. And um, yeah, so to get into it, my journey started off as I was a, a, an athlete, an aspiring athlete. Um, I traveled overseas. Um, playing soccer at a quite at an elite level, and um, along the way, I accumulated a lot of injuries, which had me, I guess, on the sidelines more than on the playing field. This was between age, I would say, twelve to eighteen years old, mm. and you know, I was like any kid playing a sport and trying to become a professional. I was invested, I was all in, but it got to the point where I found that my passion was the fitness aspect more than the playing aspect. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I enjoyed the, the, the workouts, the training sessions more than I enjoyed actually playing on the pitch, which was, which, you know, now, now that I look back, it's quite interesting seeing where I am with, with what I'm doing now. But yeah, so I accumulated a lot of injuries and then that's what got me into the fitness side of things and what got me to want to help others with, with their journey, with their you know, maybe they're, they're getting into this whole exercise thing and they're developing, uh, they're trying to develop muscle and, 
they are seeing that they are running into some of the problems that I did, the constant injuries, the aches, the pains. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of an intro to my journey, if you will. Was there any like specific injury or pain that like happened over a period of time, just very consistently that you had to deal with, which kind of was like that targeting moment of like, I have to get this fixed. So it, it wasn't one injury. It was more an accumulation of nagging chronic injuries. And what happened was it, it didn't only prevent me from actually playing a sport, like actually playing soccer, but it also prevented me from like working out, which, so I found that I was trying to, cause I had this aspiration to go from, Hey, I want to be this, you know, soccer athlete to, I want to be this kind of bodybuilding athlete and do it in a way that's, you know, natural without the, you know, special sports supplements, if you will, uh, just to make that clear. But um, I started to run into a lot of nagging injuries on top of, so as I started to build muscle, as I started to want to build muscle, I found that, I mean, I can't, I can't do this. Like one or two years in, I was just, it was like injury after injury after injury. And that's when I had to like, okay, I need to rethink my strategy here. Um, this is, this is clearly not going to be sustainable in the long term. Not necessarily one thing. It was more like a bunch of small things that turned into like, now I can't, I don't have any options. I can't, I can't work out pain-free. I have to either work through this or like work through this and be in pain all the time, or I got to rethink my strategy. How long did it take to get to the point of being pain-free? Great, great question. So what happened was I would say my first two, I would say two to three years into wanting to focus on entirely on building muscle, I stopped. I went to school. That's when I went to and enrolled in the resistance training specialist program. And that was a six year journey from the courses that were held in Toronto to the mastery courses that were held in Oklahoma. So I was traveling to and from uh, Toronto to Oklahoma to learn. And through that process is where I learned how to approach this exercising for the purpose of building muscle specifically in a way that I could do it sustainably and do it in a way that was going to allow me to not be in, you know, pain constantly, not have the injuries, not have the aches. So I kind of had to like go through like a bit of a reset, if you will. So I stopped training aggressively. I kind of gave my body a break from the aggressive training that I was doing, which was about a two-year period. And I just focused on learning. So that's, that's kind of, it's the, I guess the schooling aspect came a little bit at a selfish kind of like, I need to help myself. Because if I can't help myself, I can't help my clients. That's kind of how I felt. So, Yeah, which is good. I mean, it's really reflective. I think so many people, they want so badly to help themselves, but they neglect to like continue learning and continue just trying things out. I don't, I don't think you have to go in knowing everything, but I think you have to be willing to go in always willing to learn more and more and more and put it to action kind of going into more injuries, aches and pains. This is something very prevalent and and relevant to so many people. Obviously, a lot of it stems from different places. But let's say been working with several different people over the years, what is one of the more common aches or pains injuries that you see? For me, what I've seen in a lot of women, it's more specifically, you know, obviously being overweight, their knees, their knees are in a lot of pain. And there's a lot of tension. And that's something that I've actually come across more often than not. The people that you work with, what is something frequent that you see? I guess because of the demographic of people I'm working with now, um, online tends to be, it tends to be a lot of shoulder 
issues. I, mm. And I think that has to do with the fact that that just seems to be a joint that's more susceptible to injury because of the all the mobility a shoulder has available to it. It has so many degrees of freedom. It can move in so many different ways, whereas a knee, maybe not so much. But then again, I, like you mentioned, if you, depending on your demographic, if someone's you know, maybe carrying a little bit of extra body fat or a lot of extra body fat, that can start to put a lot of stress on joints like the knees, like the ankles, where you can, you can have that kind of pop up just depending on the demographic of people you're working with. So that's, that certainly doesn't surprise me that you've seen that to be common with the demographic that you're working with. So, yeah. And like, even for me, I remember, what was it? I think it was last year and the year before I had some like nagging pain in my ankle and then it went up to my knee and then it went up to my hip. And I realized it's because I wasn't taking care of my feet and my hips were misaligned. So like, it was like the smallest thing that like, you know, I was just not caring about. I was like, I'm fine. It's just something small, wearing poor shoes, just not really like taking care of like rolling out my body. And it was crazy. It was like this ripple effect, like started with like my ankle, then it went to my knee and then it went to like my hip. And then it started going to like that lower part of your back. And I realized yeah. it was just like, it wasn't anything drastic, but I knew it could get really bad if I just kept neglecting it. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, did you, um, now like kind of on a side note, where are you and your thoughts of like shoes? Because your feet, you know, and your ankles, all of that, you know, it's all connected. There's so many nerves in your feet, so many muscles that lead up to, you know, building muscle using your feet, right? Walking, lifting, whatever. Are you somebody that says barefoot or minimal shoes? Are you somebody that says good quality shoes? And if so, what are they for people that have struggled with knee or feet injuries, you know, pain? Yeah, um, that is something that I find seems to be, depending on who you ask, you'll get so many different points of views with that. Yeah, right. It really does. Yeah, yeah. So it, it really does boil down to the individual and their current level of tolerance at their feet, like how strong are their feet? And what, what can they handle in terms of shoe uh, support? So for example, my shoes, and this is just because I've gotten to a point where I can handle the shoes that I'm wearing. They are, it's like literally wearing a sock. That's the shoe. And the point behind that is, is you want your muscles to be doing all the work when you're walking. You don't want to, you don't want to be as if you were in a cast. Like imagine having your arm in a cast all day. What would happen to all the muscles? Mm. They would atrophy. They would, that's why people who have a cast on their, say for, you know, they broke their arm. They put a cast maybe after the cast, is, you know, after the cast is removed, you have to go through this process of strengthening because all the muscles haven't been used in a way that, that they should be. So that's the same thing in a way with your feet and with shoe support is if you are wearing shoes that are so rigid, like they have no flexibility whatsoever in say the toe box where your individual toes move. And it's like you're wearing, it's like you literally you have a cast on your foot over time that will lead to your foot muscles to get weaker and weaker and weaker, which could be a problem down the road. So what you'd want to do is, get your get yourself to a point where you have strengthened your feet in a way where it can start to handle the shoe that has more flexibility and say like a toe box so like I'm talking like a shoe almost as if it was 
like you're wearing a sock. Like that's how that's how much flexibility there is, as if you're wearing no shoes at all, kind of thing. Mm. So. So, like, what kind of exercises or what kind of things can people do to like strengthen that, you know, their feet, those little muscles? Because a lot of people yeah. too, they're not walking as much, right? People aren't doing as much, being stuck at home or whatever, being stuck in their chairs. Sure, sure. Again, obviously, you know, a lot of this is individual specific. But I to, if I had to give some general guidelines, I mean, the more traditional, the more traditional thing, obviously, we've been exposed to in gyms and even, you know, what you might see on forums and websites is typical or traditional, you know, calf raise. And then maybe you'll get the opposite. Like not a, instead of doing like a calf raise, there's like a dorsiflexion kind of exercise you do where you're, where you kind of bring your uh, ankle up towards your knee with your mm -hmm. heel kind of planted on the floor. Um, so those are two of the more obvious or more traditional ways to look at strengthening your feet. Obviously you'd want some resistance with that. Maybe you're, you know, on the edge of a, a staircase with both legs, you know, kind of doing like this calf raise thing. But, but that's two of so many different positions that your foot can work in, which is why oftentimes people are just strengthening that at the gym and yet they have all these underlying weaknesses in their feet that they had no idea about because your foot doesn't imagine if your foot, if, if this was the only position you trained your foot, but it can move this way. You know what I mean? Like there's just so many different planes this way, this way, um, just think about just literally move your ankle. Like, you know, you can kind of roll your ankle in all these different planes, but we don't strengthen them in the gym in all those different ways. We only look at, and the most common one is a calf raise, which is like one thing, right? Yeah. Which is why the foot is so neglected um, because we're just not training it appropriately. And yeah. that's what leads to what maybe you've experienced where you have this foot thing that turns into a knee thing, which then might turn into like a back thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to, I mean, I had to learn that and I, and I'm continuing to learn just because it's, I read recently that like 20% of your bones, is it 20, 25% are in your feet. So it just shows you like just how important it is to take care of them. It's funny because my mom always grew up and she was always like, there's things that you always have to take care of your feet, your hands and your teeth. And like, she would always, wanna, yeah, like, and then growing up, now I'm older and I'm like, oh, I, I kind of get more why she was so, you know, eager to just give me a, a, let me go get a pedicure and like foot massage or get my teeth sure. clean, which I was really grateful for. Okay, so that's really helpful, I think, to a lot of people because I do think that that's something that kind of comes up as you get older or as you find yourself getting more stagnant and stuck. So now let's dig in a little bit more to like your life and just, I would say like maybe your business, your self-development, like what do you feel like is one area, like what's one thing that you wish you knew before, you know, getting to this level of expertise, getting to this level of like where you're at in your business now and just who you are that you could maybe give somebody else a little bit of tip on like, they're trying to self-improve, they're trying to do better. Sure. You know, I'm definitely grateful for all the mistakes I've made in a sense, but if I could, you know, shake my younger self in a way, I remember when I was, when I would be preparing or trying to learn something new and just thinking that, just thinking that I, I, I know it, like I know this information. Like I remember when I was studying for some tests that I was doing for school, you know, I thought that I got it, like I, you know, without actually exploring the information thoroughly or without getting someone who already had gone through the process to mentor me through that 
that was the biggest thing is, is literally hiring a mentor to help me. Like I had a tutor all the way from the beginning of when I started my schooling to the very end, which was literally, like I mentioned, the six year process. I had, I had a, a tutor that literally guided me through it. And this was someone who had already gone through the whole program. He was another graduate with honors and not to um, boast or anything like that, but it's just a super proud accomplishment, if you will. There's only 10 people who've ever gotten honors through this program and hundreds and thousands go through this program and only hundreds test out because the testing process is quite grueling. It's an, an eight hour oral exam with the founder. So you're basically talking in person and answering questions that he asked. So it's like, you're not writing things out. You don't have really time to think about it. You either understand it or you don't. And so I remember I'm like, okay, I'm going through this process and, I, and I'm, I'm totally like, and this was at the very, very beginning when I first got into it. And I'm like, totally just, I'll put, I'll quote unquote failing. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm not understanding this information. And I was like beating myself up, beating myself up. And then that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to reach out to someone who had gone through it that I know. And I'm just going to humble myself and learn because I don't, I don't got this. I don't, I don't understand this. And I think that was the biggest blessing was just humbling myself, putting my ego to the side and just being like, I need someone to guide me through this who had already gone through it and who had done so well. I can only gain from this. Sure, it's an investment financially, obviously, but it's one that I am oh, so, so blessed that I did because obviously it led me to where I am now. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so hopefully, that, hopefully that helped. Yeah, like getting a mentor, getting help early on. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. That's awesome. And like, obviously, I mean, you said you were, you, you learned from all your failures. What is one failure that you are glad you kind of went through, but it was like, it was pretty painful. Like, I would not mind not going through that again. Yeah. So this was it. This was the one I was kind of just touching on. I'll go through it. I'll go into it a little more with, with more detail. Um, it was when I was preparing for the, so the way it works in the resistance training specialist program, if you will, there's the resistance training specialist program, which is kind of like uh, an introduction to the mastery program. So you kind of go through those courses. Um, it's, it's, and then they have a, like a, a, an online testing system. So you go through like 40 different exam chapters and it's literally multiple choice. That's how it was back then. It might've changed now. Mm. And I remember this was in 2013 when I first got into the program and I had gone through the courses and I'm like, okay, I'm going to test out. And I went online, I did the test and I failed like, and it was open book, by the way. So it's an open <laughs> book, multiple choice test. And I remember going through it and it's like fail. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, let me, let me, I, I can do this. I got the answers like right here in the book fail, fail, fail. So I'm like failing over and over and over again. And I remember it took me like nights of like, I was like so upset because you know, you pay $10 per chapter as well. Right. So I'm like paying like so much money just to try to, just to try to pass this thing that I shouldn't, I had no business testing out to begin with because I didn't actually understand the information. I was more concerned about a paper than actually learning and truly understanding what was involved in the course to begin with. If that, this is just, this is what happens when you're young, right? Um, yeah. So that's probably the biggest, I guess, from what you said, like uh, a failure, but not really because it, it, it was so necessary. Because then when I, holy smokes, what is it ever? Because after that, that situ, that whole uh, experience, if you will, is what led me to, again, hire the tutor, who's now a great friend of mine, 
four to five years after that process, having gone down and doing the actual mastery exam in front of the founder who created it. And again, Pat, like just crushed it. So I'm like, that was like a big accomplishment. Uh, it was like redemption, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what's the founder's name? Uh, Tom Purvis. Oh, cool. Tom Purvis. Yeah. So I got to look into that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's intriguing. So how long, so then you, did you go right into a gym right after that? Oh, I was actually working before that whole process. So I had already been personal training. I've been personal training since 2012. I went through the RTS program. I kind of got exposed to it just as I got into the industry, which was great. Um, but I had not, I hadn't taken my first course since 2013. So I'd been working for about a year. I went into one of the introductory courses and then that's how that journey proceeded. And then I, I hadn't, um, so the mastery exam, like the, after I tested out the mastery exam was in 2019. So that was that whole journey there. It, 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 yeah about six years wow oh my god yeah and so now, i just tested out last year that's crazy, crazy. Right? oh my goodness yeah and i mean it just shows like your your consistency and your being persistent and like just honestly taking that one step further like just that next level of commitment because not only did you get a mentor but like you had to travel consistently to like keep up with the learning and making sure you were getting things done and the exam, which I think like a lot of people in life, like the whole, the whole foundation of this podcast is simply just learning to become better. Like, so by the time that you reach the end of your life, you have ultimately reached your best, right? But you're never going to get to your best if you, if you don't get better every day. And so I love just that 1% of like just showing up or, you know, taking the time to learn and failing and taking the time to travel and learning from somebody who knows what's happening. And I think that a lot of people want things so easily or they want, I mean, we all struggle with it. Like we want the rewards, but when it comes to having to do some uncomfortable, challenging things, we all of a sudden second guess if it's really worth it or if we should do it. And I mean, like, even in my own life, a lot of times I ask myself the question lately of like, what would Abby a year from now do? Like in my position being better, because I know I'm going to be, you know, I'm the compound effect is real. I know I'm going to be smarter, wiser, stronger. Like, what would she do? How would she react? And that's usually how I'll answer anything. <laughs> like, or I'll look at the average person, like what, what, what would the average person do in this scenario, right? Like if you failed already two times, three times, most people would have just said, okay, this isn't for me. I, you know, I'm not good at test taking. I get nervous, you know, throw in whatever they want. And you were just like paying away and saying like, you know, I got to get this. I got to get this, you know? You know, what's so funny at the beginning it was like, I need to get this test. Like I need to pass this test. And then after I'm like, after again going through the process of working with a tutor who had gone through that process he taught me or he had exposed me to what what it really matters what what really matters here it's not the test it's the process that leads you to that if you decide to take it for whatever personal reasons you want to take it for but it was more like look this is a what are you learning from here to here that's what's most important and if 
you actually go through this process and, and actually do it in a way where you're, you know, applying a lot of what you're learning, truly understanding the information that's being presented, taking the time to, to want to actually learn it for the right reasons. By the time that test comes, it'll be a breeze if you did it all in a way that makes sense. That was the lesson that was being instilled in me along the way. And going from failing multiple choice tests in 2013 to crushing a, an, eight hour, uh, an eight hour oral exam that ended up being like two hours, is like totally big difference, right? Oh, so yeah. it's like, uh, talk, about, talk about a journey of humbling yourself and truly wanting to learn this stuff versus, hey, I gotta pass this test for God knows why or what reason, right? Which was the 2013 uh, version, Kenny, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I feel like I resonate a lot with you too. And honestly, I think a lot of people in, into their, their different troubles or challenges, it's like that first initial reaction is you want to just get over with whatever you're struggling with. Like you just want it to be over. You just want to, you know, get down that weight. You just want to get over that pain. But like, you said, if you can just kind of swallow that process and be like, okay, this is not like the worst thing to happen to me. I just have to kind of work my way through it. There's so much more fulfillment in the end, like when you hit that. Because when I got my oh. certification, it was multiple choice. And um, I remember thinking the same thing, like reflectively, I was like, I'm going to be working with people. So like, instead of just reading the chapters, like, I read the chapters and then I went on YouTube and then I asked my friend who's a nurse and she's medically certified and like, you know, and I would move the muscle and I would work, you know, I would try really hard. And now I'm like really into just learning more about like the hormones and nutritional aspect of like what happens biochemically in the body. But it's that process, that rigorous, uncomfortable process. But then at the end, you're like, oh man, like it's so much more rewarding than had you just gotten through it you know what i mean it has to be the best thing that happened to me in a sense from that whole experience was failing those multiple choice tests over and over and over again because if i didn't do that i wonder if i would have you know done the had the 2019 experience of going down and doing the oral exam and totally doing so well with that it's like maybe i wouldn't have had that if i didn't if i didn't go through that experience in 2013 with with all the the failures the quote unquote failures if you will so yeah, totally. So like, what's one piece of advice that you could give to somebody who, I don't know, they're just at a point where they're ready to kind of make a shift. Like you were ready to make that shift. You had come across a lot of different challenges, right? So this could be, you could relate this honestly to any part of your life, right? Because this is a good general perspective of family, relationships, health, business, but you come across some major bumps in the road. We all have especially during COVID, like what's one piece of advice that you really took away from that six year process up until now? This is a good question. I mean, I feel like a little bit of a broken record, but the ego thing is so huge because I think through this journey, and I, I was just blessed to have come across the tutor that I did, who again, now is a great friend of mine. Um, but he just had a, a philosophy, if you will, where knowing how to manage your ego for the benefit of not only yourself, but if you're working with clients for the benefit of the client, because you know, in the world that we live in, the, the fitness world, there's so much ego just floating in the air. And sometimes that ego, that pride gets in the way of what's best for the client because we have these beliefs 
these attachments to specific ways of doing something because we're attached to fitness can kind of turn into like a bit of a religion, if you will. Right. It's like, this is the way, you know, this camp of people do it this way. You know, the functional training crowd, you have the TRX team, you have the Darby team, you have, you know, you know what I mean? So it's like, it turns into a bit of a religion. And sometimes that's the expense of what's best for not only yourself, if you're someone who works out, but your client, if you're working with clients. So that's the biggest thing that this whole process, I would say going through the the resistance training specialist mastery program has taught me and just meeting the people that are involved in that program. But just that whole learning experience, that's, that's, a, that's something that stands out to me in terms of a takeaway because that's big. That's a huge thing. Yeah. And that's what we learn is that not to let that be the case. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like I'll go through moments where I have to relearn that. Like you almost have to question yourself again and kind of remember again, like where you stand and just learning to be okay with not always knowing everything, but seeking to find better answers. Like things change, you know, people evolve, things around you evolve. So it's okay to, to not always have that ego to where you think you know everything, like in the fitness world, especially, but like I've come across that a lot too. And I, I love to say like, I really firmly believe that gyms are like hospitals. Like not everyone walks in Jack and looking great. You know, like not not everyone walks in knowing everything. It's supposed to be a safe haven for people that just want better. They just want more. And I feel like, I don't know about you, but like, I learned a lot of the ego things that you were mentioning because I do Brazilian jujitsu and yeah. And like, it's a real thing all the time. And like, I'll admit, like, you know, there's times where five years, five and a half years in of training, I can find myself being like you know I know stuff right and then all it takes is one or two rolls one or two grappling sessions of five minutes and I have a rude awakening of like if you don't stay on your toes and you don't stay humble and always willing to learn the other person's gonna surpass you simply because they're willing to learn simply because they're getting down and dirty per se and just being humble about like being a sponge and taking action that's awesome because uh, there's also a tangible reality to jujitsu, right? You get thrown, you get put in an arm bar and you're like, if you don't tap because of your pride, it's like, there goes your arm in a way, right? Obviously, maybe not in training, but maybe in a competition, I don't know, or in a real life scenario even. Awesome because that's literally so relatable to just my whole journey, if you will, because that those examples have gotten uh, used so much throughout my learning journey because, again, the person that I was learning from was... He did. He's very invested into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so that's nice. cool. That um, how long yeah, has he yeah. been training? Training like actual, like actual jiu-jitsu, or in the industry? Yeah, jiu-jitsu, and uh, like, what belt rank is he? Do you know? I have. You know, that's the funny thing is he's not so concerned about the belt ranking, more so the the experiences and the learning that comes with yeah being involved in that whole community. So. Yeah. So it's just, he has a different philosophy, more of like a Bruce Lee philosophy, if you will. So it's, and there's layers to it too, but he's been doing it. I want to say well over 10 years for sure. Um, But I couldn't tell you the, I couldn't tell you the exact number though. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a level of learning that comes with doing something outside your comfort zone and things like that. Yeah. Are a lot more tangible. I will say 
I love jujitsu. If you've never tried it, you got to try it. Have you tried jujitsu before? He, okay. So I rolled one time with him specifically, um, just for like, he was kind of just showing me a little bit here and there. Uh, he invites me all the time, but I'm so invested into, you know, my specific goals in the gym that I'm like, nah, man, I'm not going in. I'm not going there. And then risking like, you know, a tweak or a twinge in like my shoulder or something. So I always kind of turn them down for those reasons, but I can just appreciate the philosophy that gets embedded from people who are open to learning that philosophy when they do jujitsu. So. Yeah, I definitely. Maybe one day. I mean, you could definitely work on things without getting injured. You just have to know the people you trust that, but, you know, with your body. This is, he, he's preaching this all the time to me, but it, it's, it's more of my own personal thing. Like I totally trust him if I do go and work with him specifically 100%. Like if I was going to go anywhere, I would go do jujitsu with him, especially because he has the same, he has years ahead of me, even with the education that I, I was just mentioning that I've gone through. And with that education, you know, you learn about joints and forces and all the stuff that can be applied directly to jujitsu. So like understanding close pack positions and where, like, you know what I mean? Like understanding positions of vulnerability, if you will. Yeah. So all that I'm sure gets used in jujitsu. So, um, but nonetheless, maybe one day, just not now. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, yeah, it's not for everyone, but it should be for everyone. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. So, all right. So you, you gave your one piece of advice of, of putting the ego aside, which is huge. I think it's honestly something people should remember day in and day out. I, I need to be reminded all the time. Where can people find you to know more about like how you train and, and what you do? Do you have a certain platform or platforms where they can find you? Yeah. So my Instagram, I'm very active on there. Kenny Raddick, see this. So that's K-E-N-N-Y. And then my last name gets kind of funky and complex because I'm Greek. <laughs> Um, R-A-T-A-T-S-I-D-I-S. I'm sure you'll, you'll maybe put a link. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my, yeah. So that's my Instagram. And then uh, my Facebook as well. Feel free to check me out on there. Uh, same, same name. And then my website's being updated, but that's kennyradditsetis.com. It's there, but it, it needs to be updated. So I'm working on that. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, man. This is awesome. I think you brought a lot of value in helping people from understanding their feet and re you know fixing their feet up until fixing their ego correcting their ego and that's going to take them a long time so anyway awesome. thanks so, thank much so much for joining thank you so much for having me